It's time to talk sports. It's Hacksaw's Headlines. A panorama of the world of sports. Stories, comments, and opinions. Now, here's iconic sports talk show host Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and co-host John Riley. Who wants to talk basketball? We do. Who wants to talk NBA playoffs? We do, too. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a Monday. Time for bonus coverage of Hacksaw's headlines on our podcast from our studios in San Diego. This is Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, along with my co-host, John Riley. Your eyeballs are bouncing up and down like my eyeballs are bouncing up and down. We watched a lot of basketball Mm -hmm. on Saturday and Sunday, and the only word to describe it, wow. It's just a great weekend. There's a lot of games going on. I mean, if you're a basketball junkie, it doesn't get better than this. All right, let's talk about the Stars taking over the games. Let's talk about the first games this weekend, the first round of the NBA playoffs, and let's start with the Lakers. Okay, I mean, this game was something. I mean, watching this, I mean... It looked like the Lakers were going to be in a lot of trouble here, but then everything went south for the Grizzlies. Let's talk about team chemistry. You and I, on all of our podcasts, have talked during the course of the year, round peg, square hole, does it fit? Are they good? Are they not? Why doesn't it work? Is this another year of failure? Right now, the Lakers are on a roll. Lakers have won 11 of their last 13, finished on a real upbeat note to get to the playoffs. Then Bingo won the play-in game against Minnesota, dug a big hole, came back. And then here, in this first game of this series against Memphis, go from the lead to the deficit to get it back, survive an injury, and then a whole pile of guys who you never know from night to night whether they're going to contribute came off the bench and drilled shots. And the Lakers are no longer just LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Collectively, chemistry, first time, long time, John, really seems to be working. Uh, Let's talk about Rui Hachimura. Off the bench, 20 points in his first 18 minutes, finished the night, career best in L.A., 29. Wow. Undrafted guard Austin Reeves, what a great final third of the season he's had. He pours home 23. D'Angelo Russell, who had disappeared, couldn't land a shot, was one for nine in that play-in game with Minnesota. He comes up, double digits there. He hits a bunch of threes. Uh, The Lakers' Anthony Davis was possessed. (laughs) Then he got dinged. And when he went down, I thought, bicep injury, right shoulder. How's he going to come out the second half? He came out and played the second half, and he was rock-solid tough. And LeBron was LeBron. When they were done, we've seen nights where the Lakers would go 4 for 23 shooting from the arc. They hit 16 three-point shots. We saw nights where the Lakers couldn't throw the brick in the hoop, they wound up shooting 53%. And they not only shut down John Morant for a chunk of the game, they shut up the crowd. Remember, this is a Memphis Grizzlies team that was 35-6 and at home, averaging 120, and the Lakers went out and put 126 on the board to beat Memphis. So I guess now we can step away from questioning team chemistry. Because Darvin Ham looks like he's got a bunch of guys that are willing to step up and play their role, can hit shots, and complement the greatness of LeBron and AD. Amazing. I know it only counts for one win, but now you got Memphis, the Morant injury, the fact that he fell really hard on an injured hand and injured wrist. 
I don't know what they will be like going forward if they don't have him for a, a, a full 48 minutes of basketball. But what a team win. Chemistry came together. Yeah, I mean, when, when Morant fell on that wrist, I thought he broke it. I mean, I thought it was game over. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, when the Lakers at the trade deadline, they made those moves, and everything has changed for this team. And, you know, around that time is when they got Hachimura. And remember, we were thinking, oh, interesting guy, and just another piece in the puzzle. But boy, did he have a career night. Well, he's never scored 29 points anywhere in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, great player, Gonzaga. But you wondered about his fit. But he just he seemed to play so much bigger. Now, maybe it's because defenses were leaning to try to double down on AD, trying to defend LeBron. He had a lot of good open looks. But that doesn't mean he's going to hit the shot because he hadn't shown the, any consistency at all. He started drilling threes, and he could not stop. And he was drilling them from all over the court. <laughs> Amazing. And then, obviously, Austin Reeves has really grown into the role. I mean, undrafted, two-way contract. Many people thought he was going to be in the NBA G League. And now he's a real trustworthy guy because not only does he hit baskets, he puts the ball on the floor and goes to the paint and scores, and he distributes the ball because he's a former guard, mm-hmm. a big guard, at Oklahoma and Wichita State. Just this team has just come together. Now, I, I can't write Memphis out. Because Memphis has got good players. I mean, John Jackson had 31 points. And I was going against Anthony Davis. He still scored 31. And Desmond Baines a really prolific player. And Ty Jones is a young backup point guard. Makes things happen on the floor. But if they don't have John Morant because of the sprained wrist, that's, that's going to be a big setback. Because he is in a different galaxy in terms of going to the basket and making shots. Yeah, I mean, think about where this team was. It's incredible because they barely snuck into the playoffs. And now here they're going up against the number two seed and beating them on their court. I mean, what an achievement for the Lakers. So, I mean, wow, everything's changing here in the playoffs. Okay, let's go from the Lakers. Let's talk about the Clippers. Clippers come through this Sunday night war with the Phoenix Suns. The favorite word everybody used during the course of the NBA season as it relates to the Clippers and the Suns, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, was load management. Mm. Well, that word is no longer to be used because Kawhi played 41 minutes, Kevin Durant played 44. Both, of course, have had major injury problems, but the stars took over this game. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's ability to play as many minutes as he did, and he had to guard Durant for a chunk of that time, was spectacular. And for him to finish with 38 points in the book, stunning. And Durant, who's only been back for eight games because he had a significant series of injuries, I didn't think he could play that many minutes just in terms of cardiovascular and durability. And he just took over the game to get him back. I mean, they were down 16. And then suddenly Phoenix had a nine-point lead. And then the Clippers roared back and wound up putting them away uh, with a very impressive performance. Early on, Clippers did what I thought they would do. They got a lot of guys off the bench who hit threes. And they took the workload off Kawhi. But that part of the game kind of went away. And I was kind of surprised that I liked Tyrone Lewis as a coach. What were you doing with your rotation? Why did it stop? Why were guys sitting on the bench who had contributed in the first half? 
Offense kind of staggered. All of a sudden, Phoenix roared back into the thing. But then when they needed it, they came back and got it. Maybe in the final five to seven minutes, other guys started to hit shots. You know, Mason Plumley just played beyond what I'd ever thought he could play, coming off the bench as a big center to back up Zubak. Uh, just a very impressive team performance, but the Stars really took the game over. And then Russell Westbrook, who had just a god-awful night, three for 19 shooting, makes three plays in the final seconds, block shot on Devin Booker, bouncing the ball off his legs so the Clippers retain possession. Then the inbounds pass, he gets fouled, goes down, nails two free throws, had a horrible night, but at the end, he made enough plays to contribute to the victory. This is a really good Clippers team. Now, can can they hold up if they're going to ask Kawhi to play 41 minutes a night? Can they do this through a six- or seven-game series? That remains to be seen, but, you know, Phoenix has got to be looking at itself and saying you've blown home court advantage here mm-hmm. by losing the way you lost after you came back and got the lead. So Tyrone Lue's got a really good basketball team. I think he's a really good coach. Don't think this series is over by any stretch, but they had to win at least one in Phoenix, and they went into the Valley of the Sun, and they went to war, and they did it because the Stars, boy, did they play well against each other. Well, doesn't it? It's amazing how Kawhi just takes his game up to a new level in the playoffs. I mean, the guy is unbelievable, but you know he missed all of the pre- Previous season, you know, we were just so happy he came back this year, and he was, you know, in the start of the season, it was kind of like touch and go. But wow, I mean, I mean, and talking about Plumley, the dude was like a sequoia tree in the middle of the key, and he would get every rebound. I mean, what a great win for the Clippers! Yeah, definitely so. It'll be interesting to see going forward now the wear and tear factor on these guys. Because remember, load management was always front and center. Whether they were winning games or losing games, and how are you handling Kawhi? What are you doing with Durant in terms of how many minutes for those guys to play as much as they did in that first game? And they took over the games. I mean, Phoenix cleared out the side and said, Durant, put it on the floor, go to the hoop, put it on the floor, pull up and hit shots. And he did. Mm-hmm. Now, not like Kawhi. Kawhi finished with 38. Kawhi was drilling everything in the beginning of the game and then drilling everything pretty much at the end of the game. What a, what a playoff game that was on late Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, think about the drama that Westbrook has been through this year. It didn't Nothing fit with him with the Lakers. It was a weird chemistry. Then he gets traded to Utah, and then boomerangs back to L.A., and now at the end of the game, he's the hero. I mean, it's amazing. It is amazing. His offensive game can be so hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, talk about Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> uh, very strange. But he does play at the other end. He does board. He's still explosive getting up off the floor, which is how he blocked that final Devin Booker shot. And he's so gifted athletically. So he's fit better in the other locker room in L.A. with the Clippers than he did in, in this locker room uh, with the Lakers. On we go. Third playoff game. We're talking about all of them on our bonus coverage here. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the battle of NorCal, right? And I just love seeing the Kings. They're back in it. But, you know, the Warriors seem to be almost at full strength. I told you. I told you this might be as good a series as anything in the NBA. And Sacramento. History. Phil Jackson, coach of the Lakers, during that era, the great era, Sacramento had Chris Webber, had some other good players. Mm-hmm. They they went head-to-head with the Lakers. Phil Jackson, he didn't like the way the Lakers were treated when they go into play at what at that time was the Arco Arena in Sacramento. What did he refer to that place as? Cowbell hell. <laughs> and what happened in game one on Saturday? 
mm-hmm. the noise level, the bedlam, and everybody had cowbells. They were ringing. Mm-hmm. Sacramento beats Golden State. And when we talked about this last Thursday on our podcast, I said, this will be the enormous test. You're talking about the kids versus the veterans. You're talking about the dynasty versus the upstart who hadn't been in the playoffs for 16 years. And I'll tell you, the stage was not too big for Sacramento. Whole country probably does not know very much or has not followed De'Aaron Fox. Mm -hmm. He pours home 38. He was fearless going against everything, whether that was Curry, Clay Thompson, or whether that was Draymond Green. And Fox was phenomenal for Sacramento. And then they got a lot of contributions from some other guys along the way. And Sacramento wins the first game of this playoff series, despite the fact you got the aura of who the Warriors are. All the trophies, all the rings, the record three-point shooters. Sacramento wins an amazing game. And I happen to think Mike Brown is a really good coach. Mm -hmm. He coached the Cavaliers when LeBron was there. He coached the Lakers for a chunk of time. He's moved around. He was an assistant at Golden State under Steve Kerr when he got another chance to put this thing together. I mean, that's kind of a new team. It's a really young team. But, boy, the moment was not too big for them. Looking at Steph Curry and looking at Clay Thompson and looking at the scowl from Draymond Green. (laughs) And they just answered Every every push the Golden State had, the Kings had an answer for them. Cowbell Hill. Game two is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, Fox isn't a great player. I mean, we don't normally get to see this team, you know, because they're, they're always showing the Lakers on television. You don't get a chance to see the Kings. And I remember during the uh, All-Star game when they did the, you know, the pickup ball draft, they were talking about Fox and how fast he was. And holy moly, in that game, he was so explosive. But think about if you're a, a fan of the Kings, not only have you gone years and years without having any success, but, you know, down the Highway 80, the Warriors have been winning everything. Sacramento has been in the shadow of Oakland and San Francisco and now they won up I mean that's got to be a big boost of you know self esteem for those folks in Sacramento you know and, and we did not mention DeMontis Sabonis leading scorer on the team he's a big time player mm-hmm. get, gets no national recognition at all and Malik Monk ex-Laker ex-Charlotte Hornet journeyman can be explosive well, you add all these guys together with the superstar that Fox has become, they got a lot of firepower. They have a lot of good basketball players on that team. That being said, this is Golden State. Pal, this thing, this series is not over. I mean, isn't the NBA playoffs are incredible? I mean, it's like every every one of these games is amazing. It's like all these players are just taking it to a new level. Uh, before we go to the next game, I want you to explain to all the people who watch our bonus podcast here on a Monday and our regular podcast on Thursday how they can subscribe and how we'll do the fans forum when we come back on Thursday where they can actually get involved and kind of co-host the show with us. Yeah, sure. So um, if you want to subscribe, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we're on all the audio-only po- platforms. Just look up Lee Hacksaw Hamilton on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, every one of those were there. And uh, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Click on that bell. You get the updates when we have new uh, episodes that we drop. And, yeah, you can get involved in the fans forum. Just, uh, you know, drop your, your take in the live chat on Facebook or YouTube. And a reminder, go to my website, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. I write on it every night. It's there the first thing every morning for you. We cover all the world of sports and, of course, my one man's opinion column. And when you do all that, 
Make sure you tell your friends. Share. Tell them about our podcast. Tell them about my website. On we go. Next playoff game, playoff series. Okay, the Nuggets, man. I mean, this is the team that's uh, leading the West. I mean, what do you think here, Lee? Uh, This is a war between two of the ugliest centers in the NBA. (laughs) Nikola Jokic is an MVP, Mm -hmm. no doubt. Most unorthodox big man in terms of quickness, etc. But he's got bulk, phenomenal shooting. (laughs) And he's surrounded by guys who light it up. Michael Porter, high number one draft pick, has come through two different back surgeries, has really made himself a good basketball player. And, and Denver just has a lot of other people that they can go to. Um, Aaron Gordon is there. And Jamal Murray, who I think is drastically underrated as a slick shooting guard forward wing player. So there's a lot of firepower. I mean, they won the division. They're a pretty good basketball team. So I, I think Denver Denver is... Not a household name, and they have a very unorthodox big man who's one of the best in the league. Uh, in terms of Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns, he just he, he plays out of control. We know that he'll hit baskets. We know he will get rebounds. And we know for a fact he's going to get a lot of fouls because he makes a lot of stupid plays along the way. <laughs> uh, he'll, you know, he cost them that first play-in game with, with the Los Angeles Lakers. But that being said, the guy has a great, great talent. Uh, I think, you know, Minnesota is is kind of a hodgepodge. Uh, Rudy Gobert is back off the suspension. Great defensive player. You just don't know what he's going to do on the court. Sometimes he creates some real problems. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why he's no longer in Utah. They paid a, a tremendous price to get him. And and Anthony Edwards is an explosive guard, but he's had injury problems. And sometimes, some nights, I look at him and I see Russell Westbrook. Some nights, he drops a ton of shots on you and they go in. Other nights, he goes one for 11. So there's... there's there's no consistency, I don't think, to his game. So I, I think in, a, in the long story, this is going to be an ugly series between a bunch of teams and guys that just are a bunch of grinders and ballers. I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. Uh, I do think Denver's going to wind up winning it. Well, I mean, remember we were just talking last week about LeBron and the Lakers getting into the playoffs and thought it was cool to be playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> and now actually both the Lakers and the Wolves make it into the playoffs. So, I mean, this is a pretty lopsided game, uh, a lopsided series. Um, but, you know, it's nice to see the Minnesota in this. I mean, they've, they've had an interesting history. A lot of good players have come and gone through Minneapolis. You know, maybe they're going to you know catch fire this season. I don't know. I, you can you can do this show from left field if you wish, but I think you're wishing and hoping against the reality of what Minnesota is. On we go. Next game. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the Bucks and the Heat. I mean, this the big injury in this one. Giannis, best in the game, goes down on an offensive charge, bruises his back. It took the air out of the arena when he got hurt on Sunday. It took the air out of the lineup. Tough blow. Miami wins on the road. Milwaukee's a really good team at home, but now they don't have Giannis. And I don't know whether or not he's going to be able to go full bore. Uh, you know, I I really thought he was badly, badly hurt, but it looks like it's a back bruise more than it is anything else. Uh, maybe he sits a second game. If they could, if they get down two zero at home, I don't know that they come back. 
Uh, one thing about the Miami Heat, they got a lot of firepower. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a fine player, but they lost his running mate, Tyler Hero. He's out with a fractured hand. He mm. got hurt in the Sunday game, too, and he was in a lot of pain. Um, Miami, Miami's got an unsung hero. And Bam Adeo in, in the in the post, he does make baskets. He's not picturesque. He's not Anthony Davis, but he makes things happen. Uh, Miami's got firepower off the bench. They had a real up-and-down season as to whether they'd even get into the playoffs, but they did. But I, I feel bad because Milwaukee, without the big guy, is just not the same team, despite despite the fact they got the firepower of Chris Middleton and they got the toughness of Bobby Portis. They're just not the same team if Giannis can't be the MVP that Giannis is. So I don't know what to make of this series right now. And will he be back and be able to play lots of minutes? Because in Milwaukee, they need him to be the greatness that he is. Well, I imagine all the massage therapists are going to work on his back trying to get him. But you know, without Giannis, the Bucks are a shell of themselves. Yes. Uh, but you know, as far as the heat goes, you know, I think about Jimmy Butler. You know, He lived here in Poway for a while, and he would work out at Poway High School, which is kind of like a pretty interesting thing here for the locals. But just as a kind of a crazy tangent, do you ever think that Jimmy Butler looks like the actor Jamie Foxx? Oh, right on. Yeah, I mean, they're like twins, except one's really tall and one's not. But um, I know I'm rooting for Butler and the Miami Heat to come in here and upset. And if, if Giannis can't play, then they've got a shot. On we go. Next playoff game. This is going to be interesting. We've talked extensively about these two teams. The New York Knicks have really come together the second half of the season. That was kind of a fragmented team. Uh, they kept making deals to get players. Would it fit? Do uh, Tom Thibodeau is a demanding coach defensively. Would they share the basketball offensively? And here we are, bombs away. They beat the Cavaliers in that first game. And the Knickerbockers have got firepower. Jalen Brunson is one of the most efficient offensive guys in the modern NBA. I don't know if people pay much attention to who he is and how good he is. And he's fearless, too. You talk about a rail-thin guy that's going to go to the basket and get busted. He does, but he makes shots. And then a guy will stand out there and just drill him. Uh, he's just a really complete basketball player. So I think the Knickerbockers are somebody that you got to be leery of right now. Julius Randle has come into his own. He was a former high draft pick of the Lakers. They gave up on him, I thought, way too early. Mm, I agree. He's gotten moved a couple different times, and now he winds up with New York. And I'll tell you what, he's at times his shot looks unorthodox, his, his ability... To go through screens looks weird, and yet the ball goes into the hole. Um, Obi Toppin, number one draft pick a couple years ago, University of Dayton, didn't do much his first year. Now he gives him valuable minutes, and he gives him points when Randall sits. So, uh, I, I think the Knicks are a really good basketball team. Cleveland's got great talent. My goodness, Donovan Mitchell scored 38 the other night, the ex-Utah Jazz. Garland is a kid that is, I think has got tremendous upside. He's his running mate in the backcourt. Uh, does uh, Cleveland have enough bigs to hold up? Evan Mobley has taken a huge jump, the ex-USC Trojan, hmm. from raw rookie to pretty pretty credible second-year big man, not only shooting the basketball, but playing defense rebound. And when he came out of Southern Cal, he was real thin, and now he goes to combat with the big men in the league. So uh, this is a really, really fun series to pay attention to. But I don't know. I think, I think Brunson is so, so dynamic. And unless Mitchell 
and Garland go crazy in Cleveland? Like, between them, average 55 points a game. I don't know if the Cavs can hang in there with the Knickerbockers, but it'll be fun. How long has it been since the Knicks were a really strong team? I mean, it's been years. Well, we just lost Willis Reed, the Mm -hmm. legendary center, and that was a long time ago. And, you know, he and Earl the Pearl Monroe and and Walt Frazier and all that. But uh, it's been a while. They've been down. Their ownership is really, really suspect. And, of course, Cleveland had the run with LeBron James, and then he left to take his talent to South Beach, and (laughs) they kind of went off track. And then LeBron came back, and they did very well, et cetera. So, this, I think this is going to be a fun series, and you know I, I watch those games because I like to see those shooters and those two guards on both those teams. They can stroke it. Yeah, I mean it's great to see the Knicks kind of coming back because there's so much basketball history in New York. Oh, you know? Mecca, the Garden. Yeah. Yes, and I always think of Oscar Madison on the Odd Couple. Remember that? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't know. The Knicks are fun. I mean, you always get to see Spike Lee there. He's got his big orange uh, sweatshirt there, rooting on his team. So let's see where this one goes. The Cavs have been, you know, in the spotlight for you know this past decade. Maybe it's time for the Knicks to kind of get back in there, take the step up. I think this series might well go seven. It's going to be. Decided. I think, obviously, by the guards. Next game. Okay, so we got the 76ers and the Nets. I mean, this is an incredible one right here. You know, the most unique thing about this series is it's kind of a chemistry experiment. You know, Philadelphia has had a lot of players go through there in the last three to four years. They were awful. They stockpiled picks. They finally built it. Then they hired Doc Rivers to kind of control it and coach it. And yet there were there were problems, you know. A year ago this time was the whole Ben Simmons mess. And then they get, you know, and then they got hardened. Do they like him? Do they dislike him? Joel Embiid has really turned into a prolific big man. Shooting, rebounding, playing defense, knocking people down. Uh, The unsung guy in that whole lineup is Tobias Harris because he can score 25 in a game and really compliment. Uh, Harden is finally healthy. Harden put up, what, he hit seven threes in the first playoff game on Saturday, and Embiid is what Embiid is. He's, I think Joel is going to wind up being, uh, he went to the University of Washington for a short period. I think he's going to be the MVP in the entire league. In terms of Brooklyn, chemistry experiment gone bad, whereas Doc Rivers has been able to pull it together in Philadelphia. Uh, in Brooklyn, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving. <laughs> they got Ben Simmons, and he can't play because he's hurt again. Jeez. Has hardly contributed anything in the course of his career over the last couple of years. So, you know, Brooklyn's going to get blown out. I, I don't even know that they can win a game. They, you know, it, by virtue of the Kevin Durant trade to Phoenix, they wound up getting two really good young players, Dorian Finney-Smith uh, and and the, uh, the other guard, uh, Dinwiddie. But I just don't think that Brooklyn's got anywhere as near enough. So it's interesting. Philadelphia tried the chemistry thing, and it, they struggled, struggled, finally got it right. Brooklyn did it. It blew up in their face. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Brooklyn even made it into yes. the playoffs after everything, all the players that they lost. So, yeah, the Sixers have got to be a big you know favorite here. And Bede, by the way, is a really fun follow on Twitter. And if you ever get a chance to follow his account, because he's pretty active on there, pretty outspoken, always talking about the process, right? That's a big Joel Embiid thing. But, you know, he's a pretty interesting character. But yeah, this game, this series is going to be lopsided. On we go. Next round as first round of playoffs continue. Hope you're enjoying our bonus coverage. We're with you every Monday with bonus coverage. Our regular podcast, of course, is on Thursday. You really want to talk about this matchup? <laughs> yeah, the Celtics and the Hawks. I mean, you know, Trey Young had a really great run the last couple of years in the playoffs. Do you think the Hawks can really do anything this uh, year? Four out. Mm. 
I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to that game on Saturday. And then I punched it up, and it was 74-44 at halftime. Ooh. I said, holy cow, Atlanta, thanks for showing up. Uh, Atlanta tried to make a game of it by heaving threes the rest of the afternoon. I think they got it within 12 finally, but Boston's good. Boston's deep. Boston's got a brand new coach that they've bought into. Uh, I, I give a lot of credit to the leadership of the players that held this together after they fired the coach during training camp for sexual misconduct off off the floor. But, you know, they got Tatum and they got Brown. And then they got a load of guys that come off the bench from Al Horford to Robert Williams and a whole consortium of guys that contribute. Uh, and I don't care what you try to do defensively to Tatum and Brown. They're going to score a lot of points because that's who they are. So I have Boston Collective is a really good team. And Trey Young's a good player. And John Collins is a, kind of a good player in Atlanta. They don't have it anywhere near enough. I'm kind of surprised Atlanta's even in the playoffs. But th- this will be four and over pretty quickly. Well, the Hawks are like one of those franchises, like the Clippers, that have been on the outside looking in forever. I mean, they made an, a run the last couple of years. But, yeah, the Celtics are going to just clean the floor with these guys. And we'll go on to the next round. Next game. Next game, that's it. We are done. We are done. Interesting. First round underway. We had some magical, magical games uh, in the first games of each of these rounds. Uh, As we go forward through Monday night, Tuesday, then into Wednesday, I guess the burning questions, John, can the Lakers get this kind of firepower again when... Darvin Ham looks down the bench and says, Hachimura, you're in. Or Austin Reeves, mm-hmm. you're up next. Uh, will they be able to get the consistent productivity point-wise from the guys? That, to me, is the most important aspect as to if the Lakers can win a second game. And we don't know about John Morant, but uh, I don't think he'll be the same player even if he gets to play in game two. And the fact that... No longer are they healthy, and no longer are they invincible at home where they were 35-6. and six. Uh, That's interesting. In terms of the Clippers series, uh, Game 2 will be as rugged as Game 2. Or game 1 was. Phoenix is obviously going to have a real chip on their shoulder because they let this thing get away from them. Uh, but I'll spin back to can the superstars put on the kind of minutes in Game 2 that they put on Sunday night in Game 1 because... I don't know that any of us expected Kawhi to try to play 41 minutes or Kevin Durant to play 45 uh, in that first game. So I think those are the fascinating storylines as we go towards the second game of the opening rounds. Well, you know, you talked a little bit about load management, right, in the beginning of this podcast. And I'm looking at the Warriors as an example. You know, they're defending champs, but they're a sixth seed. Um, But, you know, Wiggins was out for an extended period of time with some family issues. He had to take care of his father. Curry was out for a good part of the year with an injury. It makes you just kind of wonder, do these guys just sort of cruise through the regular season, just get in the tournament, get in the playoffs, and then they turn it on and they really make it happen? Well, I think that the big storyline in Golden State is you got a lot of mileage on all those guys. Uh, and, and that's a big issue in terms of what Wiggins can do because he's been, he missed, I want to say, 24 games. Mm-hmm. And he didn't look right in that first playoff game. He's hardly played at all, hardly practiced at all. So to me, he looks really out of sync. Uh, obviously, 
the rehab that Clay Thompson went through took two years because he had two injuries. And obviously, Steph Curry has had two injuries. Now, Draymond Green is a warrior, and he's kind of a chemistry guy that plays so physically tough that he kind of helps drag this team through the bad times. The young kid, Jordan Poole, the young kid, Kuminga, if those guys can score points consistently, that's going to take some of the workload off these guys. But knowing Curry and those guys, they don't want to come off the floor. And Steve Kerr, if they're going to go deep, is probably going to have to get those guys to give them extra minutes going forward. Yes, I don't think they're really worried that they're a sixth seed. You know, they know that they can compete at the highest level when they've got all their guys. So, you know, now they're in the tournament. All you got to do is win one game on the road and you got home field advantage again. So, um, you know, I see all these players, you know, like Kawhi and, and you know, that were kind of on cruise control to at, in certain degrees during the regular season doing that load management. But now it's playoff time, baby. And boy, they step up. What do you expect? Game two in the battle in NoCal, Golden State. Sacramento, what do you think? I mean, yeah, it's just, it's tough because I grew up a Warrior fan. And I remember going to the Oakland Coliseum as a little kid. And uh, it, that was when they had Rick Barry and they won the world championship in 75. But um, I, I don't know. I just kind of have this thing. I'm hoping the Kings actually surprise us and move on because I think that'd be a really great story for Sacramento. It just kills me that they're playing in the first round. I would love to have this be further down the road. But you figure the Kings won at home. Um, I think there's a good chance they can be up 2-0. So does that mean Thursday when we come back for a regular podcast, you'll meet me at the front door of our studios with a cowbell? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or else <laughs> I'll, have, I'll light the beam, you know, and I'll shoot the beam through the podcast studio. It's re- I'll tell you what, it's really good for the country to see what's going on in Sacramento because they've been down. They've yeah. been down forever. Ever. Sacramento Kings used to be the old Kansas City Kings and Ar- Nate Archibald era. Mm-hmm. And before that used to be the Cincinnati Royals. Yeah, that's the way Cincinnati back. Royals way back, but that was Oscar Robertson and Jerry Lucas and Jack Twyman. Mm. I mean, they were a really good franchise. So they've gone through some really bad times uh, in the state capitol. So it'll be fun. Hey, listen, we hope you've enjoyed our bonus podcast on Monday talking about the first games on Saturday and then Sunday of the NBA playoffs. We'll be back on Thursday with our regular schedule podcast. We will talk Padre baseball. We will talk NFL draft. We will talk Cowbell Hell in the NBA playoffs. And bad weekend in the National Hockey League with coaching firings here, there, and everywhere as the NHL playoffs begin. John, have yourself a great time. Go find a cowbell. We'll talk to you come Thursday. Yeah, more cowbell. (laughs) Thanks for being with us on Hacksaw's Headlines. Join us again for Hacksaw's Headlines on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And find the audio version on your favorite podcast app. Touchdown, San Diego! For more content, go to LeeHacksawHamilton.com.